Hello, everyone. Good to see you here this morning. I hope you're well. As Rob said, my name's Si. I'm one of the leaders here. It's my privilege to be sharing with you this morning. Now, I'm sure most of us have had this experience within the room where you have gone somewhere for a meal to a restaurant or something like that. And despite the food being good and the location being good, if the service that you received is poor, if it's bad service, then unless it's a budget restaurant, the chances are you're going to think, think twice before you go back to that restaurant. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. And the opposite is true too. Even if there's some complications, if the service you received is excellent, you will think to yourself, I think actually I'm quite tempted to go back there because you will put up with a lot because you were so well looked after. And of course, the more you pay for something, the better you expect the service. Likewise, the more important a person is, the more naturally they also expect to be served. These are just truths that you see around uh, in the world around us. However, Jesus wonderfully turns this on its head. And uh, uh, today I'm looking at how disciples of Jesus were called to be servants of all. And I'm going to look at it generally and then uh, Dr. Steve is going to come up and he's going to share about the work of Keys and the, the work uh, that that does in particular. But Jesus turns it on his head and he says this in Matthew 20, verse 25 to 28. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be first or be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of all, came not to be served as he deserved, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And here he instructs us to do the same. Elsewhere in John 13, that famous passage, there he sets the example of the lowest of all servants when he goes and washes his disciples' feet. And just because he knows how thick they are and, you know, via them, how thick we are at getting his points, he, uh, he says this, so that it's clear what he's doing. He says, do you understand what I have done to you. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do, just as I have done for you. My friends, the beauty of Jesus. You see it in just these two passages that I've read, the absolute beauty of Jesus. How much more then should you and I be willing to serve one another, serve the world 
around us. And as Galatians 2 verse 10 would make clear, serve especially the poor and the needy that God brings across our path. Do you know, it's actually something that Christianity has been known for right since its inception, right since the beginning, that it has been there to serve the needy, to lift up the downtrodden, the have-nots, to give honour to those who have no honour, to give equality and dignity to those who do not have it in their society. Because God honours them. God gives them dignity. Whether it be as it was in the past in, in this country and still is in many places in the world, whether it be women, whether it be slaves, whether it be unwanted children, whether it be refugees, a big one at the moment, whether it be those trapped in poverty, both locally and abroad. Disciples of Jesus through the centuries have demonstrated God's love by copying Christ's example and by being obedient to his commands to serve all. What about you, my friends? What about you here this morning? God, as Rob said, is calling us to step up to the mark this morning and say, yep, Lord, here I am. Send me. Here I am. Lord, use me. I'm I'm your, your servant. I'll do whatever you call me to do. And he helps us to do that. Hallelujah. He hasn't left you as orphans. He gives us his Holy Spirit. And actually, as Andy reminded us in that word that he brought, he, we do it not out of place of, oh, we've better do it. Oh, God you know, really should do it for God. We do it out of a place of love because he loved us. He has given us that example in Jesus. And more than that, he has given us his Holy Spirit to help us, to give us the heart to want to serve, and also to give us the mind, the mind of Christ, so that we choose to serve as well. Famous verses in Philippians chapter 2. They'll be familiar to you, but they say this, verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, and being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And my friends, we need the Holy Spirit's help to give us that desire. We, that mind is ours. It's our birthright, if you like, our born-again birthright in God, the mind of Christ. But we, we, we have to draw upon it, and the Spirit is the one that helps us to do it when we want to and when we don't want to as well. I can remember a time's confession time now. I can remember a time in, in Bournemouth and uh, there was this guy in our church uh, getting married there and he was from a rich family so you know the, the, he, he knew he was you know he, he was he should uh, life should be treat him well and uh, uh, he was actually in my life group and Anna and I had quite a lot to do with this guy because getting them to the point of being married hadn't been plain sailing. 
And as you do uh, when, in a, when you're in a church family, you're there and you, you, know, you serve. I saw that it came to their special day. I got there early. I was helping set up the place, make it look nice for their very special day. And at which point, I'm there busily doing something, putting some chairs out or something like that, and uh, this guy's very entitled younger brother walks in who didn't know anybody uh, from the church. He sees me there serving away and says, uh, excuse me, excuse me, this, this and this is not quite good enough and can you put these out by the door and where can I go to get changed? And uh, I can remember everything in me wanted to say, well, there's the broom. Why don't you go and brush that up? Why don't you put them over the door, by the door? I'm doing this and clearly you're acting like a princess so the ladies lose are over there. <laughs> I didn't say that, though. You'll be pleased to know. I felt it. That was my sinful nature. It's like, Ugh! And I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, serve him, and I'll reward you. And uh, so I listened. One of the times I listened to God and, uh, and confessing what the sin was going on in my heart to you at that moment. And I responded politely, did what he asked, and I resisted the sinful nature within me because of the Holy Spirit's help. My friends, we need the Holy Spirit to help us to serve. God sees all, even when others don't. Sometimes you serve and people don't notice. God always notices. We're called to serve those of you who are working. We're called to serve our employers as to Christ. We're called to represent Christ to our families and uh, serve them. We're called to serve the world around us and demonstrate the wonderful love of Jesus to the world around us as well. And just briefly before I invite Steve uh, to come up and hand over to him, I just want to uh, say it's important as disciples of Jesus for us to remember that it's Jesus who we are serving. He is our Lord and Master. So whilst we're servants of all, we only have one Master, Jesus Christ. He's the one that dictates what we do and what we don't do. Not the need, not other people. Jesus is the one. And that's an important distinction to remember because the need is endless. The wants of other people are endless. And you could burn yourself out running around doing all these things that God actually has not called you to do in this time. Jesus himself, he went around doing what the Father had called him to do. And we need to hear what God is calling us to do. In fact, because sometimes you're doing people a disservice by helping them in their felt needs when actually God is wanting to do something at a deeper level in them as well. So Jesus dictates what we do and what we don't do. And, uh, and whilst we go about showing and serving people, we need to make sure that we also give them the reason for why we are doing it. Because it's only the truth that sets people free. And they need to know that truth. And what I can assure you, I haven't got time to go any longer because I want to give more time to, to, to Steve to speak. But what I can assure you is that what we have 
been involved in as a church corporately, what, we're called, what we ask people to help us in, is all in response to what God has led us to do, not just the need itself. It's in response to the Holy Spirit's leading. So the food bank, CMA, Keys, the global cafe that we're starting just after uh, the Easter holidays, uh, for those that uh, uh, English is their second language, Reflect Pregnancy Crisis Centre work that we're starting in the autumn as well. All these have been in response to the Holy Spirit's clear leading. How we started Keys here, um, Steve will share about how Keys itself started, but how we started it here is I just felt that stir in the Holy Spirit that now was the right time for us to be working with those with addictions. And, um, uh, you know, I know it's been a need for a while, and I just felt, no, now's the right time. Shared it with the elders at an elders meeting. It was Paul and uh, Dunk at at that time. And uh, so we prayed about it. The very next day, Dunk got an email from his good friend, Steve Smith, and he forwarded it on to Paul and myself and said, oh, but this is uh, Steve. He, he, he set up this, uh, uh, this detox uh, program. And in fact, they've actually got this day happening in Sussex on this Friday. I don't know if you're interested in that at all. So at which point, a very excited, as you could imagine, Paul Tack uh, uh, emailed me saying, well, I'm free this Friday, Si. Shall we go along? And uh, yeah, the rest is history. Here we are four, five years later. We have Laura and Nay, who both work for Keys uh, nationally. We have a weekly meeting in our building and much, much more happening in the community around us. So I'm now going to invite Steve to come up and to share a bit more about Keys. Should we welcome him as he comes? Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Sai. Thank you. Great. Well, thank you very much. That's really encouraging. I, I didn't really realise that that initial meeting, which I remember well, um, was straight after you'd prayed that prayer. That's really exciting to hear. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you all for welcoming me. And I am so very grateful for this church, particularly grateful for Laura and Nay, and also Grant and, and Steve and others that are working with us. Um, And so I'm going to share a little bit about Keys Community Detox, or or the Keys Project, which is the the name of the the project. And hopefully, we're going to have some slides. I love using using, um, PowerPoint, and I really love using a clicker. And I've got a clicker with an extension, which works a long way. And guess what? I forgot it. I've just come down from Preston yesterday in Lancashire. So I'm going to just do little clicks, (laughs) which is the same in German, I understand. Click. I learned that this morning. So, oh, it's up there. Okay, it's not coming up on the screen over there. That'd be nice if it did. And then I'll know where I am because I haven't got the clicker. Anyway, so Keys Community Detox is an opportunity. Are we going to see it up there? Great, I know what I'm doing now. I can see it at the back. You look that way, I'll look that way. Keys Community Detox is an opportunity for you to share. Click. An opportunity to serve. Okay. So, um, and I'll click again. I I set up keys in Brighton in, click, (laughs) 2014. And and as you've heard, I'm a doctor. I've had a very varied career. 
Um, I'm just realizing it's actually 40 years. You might find it's hard to believe looking at me, but it was 40 years ago that I qualified as a doctor. And I've had a very varied career, varied career. And I was working in Pakistan up until 1998. I came back from Pakistan, then I drifted into drugs and alcohol, which is what I tend to say from a medical point of view. Um, actually, of all the things I've done, I've found that so rewarding. I really love helping people um, who are struggling with addiction. And uh, a click. <laughs> we, we have launched centers across the country in the years that I um, initially set up Keys. It's been a wonderful privilege. And I, I, I sort of lose count with, of how many we've got, because we've got a couple that are, that are coming off um, and we've got three in the north that are joining us, which is really exciting. But we're also about to launch Keys in India in um, a couple of months' time. Actually, yeah, it's, almost, it's, even, it's in May. So that, that's a, a really exciting thought. So we've got um, centres across the country and beyond. Um, and what we do is we do a couple of things. If you click, we love to raise up Christian recovery communities. And I, I actually feel that church should be a recovery community. I'm actually um, part of a, um, a, a plant into, an HTB plant into Preston. And, and in, a, in a couple of months' time, I'm, I'm going to have the privilege of being leading a small plant in, a, in an estate in Preston, a small church plant. And I, I really want that church to look more like an AA meeting, if you like, than it, than it does a traditional church where you've got, you know, formality and standing and liturgy and whatever. One of, one of the great things about recovery communities, and you, and you may have heard of things like AA and Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, is that people are vulnerable. And, and, and I want you to hear about keys, that's what I'm telling you about, but there'll be two or three little encouragements for you if you want to sort of take home alongside this, this encouragement to be servants. So, so science has been encouraging us to, to be servants, and a big part of being a servant is being humble. Well, I would say what really goes well along humility is vulnerability, and, and it's such a thing that's, that's lacking so often in, in Christian communities. And one of the wonderful things that, that, the, that the recovery communities teach us is to be vulnerable. And Grant, um, wherever he is, it was, it was great seeing Grant come up. Grant's one of our team, as you may know. And Grant just shared honestly about a negative week, didn't you? He said he, had, he, had, he was struggling, struggling with negative emotions. And it, I'll tell you what, just, if, if you have not struggled with any negative thoughts or emotions over the, over the last few weeks, would you put your hand up? If you've not had any negative emotions and issues that you've struggled with, no, no? Great. Well, just be open about that. I, I easily slip into all sorts of negativity, um, especially when I get busy. I have to really watch myself. And for a lot of people, that negativity just leads into a habit that, that has been a part of their life for years, and it may be taking drugs, it may be drinking, it may be lapsing into pornography, gambling, becoming excessively busy. I think that's my, 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 um, my problem. 
And, and it's just good to be, to be open and honest about that. And that's what we have in a, in a recovery community. So I want you, I'm, I'm so pleased you've got lots of things going on here. And, and maybe some of you might be feeling called to be a, a part of supporting the recovery community in one way or another. It may be practically, at least can it be prayer. And, there, and there's probably people here that if you're actually honest with yourself, you've got stuff that is not as it should be in your life. And there's things that you do, things that you take that you haven't actually shared with other people. And, and let's be open and honest, as, as Grant was this morning, as I, I would like to be. I, I'm thankful that I haven't had to struggle with, a, with, with an addiction as such, but we all do in, in certain ways. And this is a great opportunity for us to help one another and to be helped. So recovery communities is a big part of what we do. Um, next slide, please. The other thing that we do, oh, we've gone too far. <laughs> Sorry, I've, 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 where have we got? Um, the next thing is to support individuals who are ready for change. That's it. So, what, one of the things that we really focus on is helping people within our communities who need particular help, and that's one of the that's one of the big things that we do in Keys, and I think we do it very well. And I'm really pleased that we've managed to help some individuals here, and I, I really hope that in coming days we will help more. Next slide, please. So, what sets us apart? in Keys is, is and, and let me say there's lots and lots of Christian um, recovery programs, next slide, is that we are, we are very holistic. We've got, I'm a doctor and we've got other medical people in our team. We provide medical alongside spiritual and community support, and next slide. And also we do that in liaison with people's own doctors or drug and alcohol services. And that, and that is something that really works well. And, and I'm really chuffed with the way that that has gone in lots of situations. We've, we, have, we've, we have really managed to dramatically change the lives of many people across the country by, um, by, by doing all these things, by, by giving them community support and um, spiritual support alongside when it's necessary, negotiating medication that, that can make so much difference. And the other thing we do, next slide please, is we address the roots. And the next slide is a picture of some dandelions. And any, I'm sure there's a bunch of people here who like to keep their lawns clear, clean, nice and grassy. And, and, and dandelions, as pretty as they are in this slide, are a real nuisance. If you want to get rid of your dandelions, you really have to dig up the roots. Next slide please. And, and so we... Um, recognize that, that drugs and alcohol, or, or whether it's pornography or gambling or shopping addiction or Facebook or whatever it is, that, or food, whatever it may be. Actually, food is another thing I have to watch. We all, we all, most of us have something we have to watch. Next slide, please. Russell Brand famously said these words, drugs and alcohol are not my problem. Reality is my problem. Drugs and alcohol are my solution, but they're a dysfunctional solution. solution. And the next one, please. And, and Nigella Lawson, um, she, her, her drug misuse was, was famously, um, I was about to say celebrated, <laughs> but it was, was famously, was, was recognized. You know, she, was, she hit the press in a, in a way that was difficult for her. But she, she said she didn't have it, although her cocaine use became widespread, became widely known, the cocaine wasn't the issue. It was, it was a life problem. And, and so many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, do have a problem with life. And we know the answer. We know the answer in our head. It, we've heard it today. It's God's love. But we need to really connect with that. So have the next slide, please. 
when, when I'm talking about addiction, I like to show a video, which I won't, haven't got time to show now, by a man called Gabor Mate that meant some of you may have heard of. And, and he really makes the point very clearly that addiction itself is not the problem. It's the underlying pain. And let's be honest, we all come with baggage. And I like to say that there are two types of families. We all come from one of two types of family. We, we may come from a dysfunctional family, or we may come from a severely dysfunctional family. And, and the question is, which one do you come from? You, you, you've got baggage. We all have. And, and, and that baggage leads to pain. And go through the next slide. We, so many of us have got trauma. We've got grief, abuse, loss of all sorts. And, and unless we deal with the roots of those addictions, we're not actually doing any, we're not going to get anywhere. So that's, that's what we're about with Keys, is we're actually primarily helping people to deal with the, with the root of their addiction, which is pain. And actually, the best way of, of helping people is to come as, as, as vulnerable people, as, as Grant did this, this morning, to, 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 to stand alongside people who are struggling and, and see them as fellow strugglers, fellow, fellow on, a, on, a same, on, a, on a similar, we're all on, we're all on a journey of, of restoration and, and recovery, if we're honest with ourselves. So just to quickly say what we do um, with Keys, next slide, please. We, yeah, and, and pain can be healed. And, and again, it's a really simple thing to say in your head, isn't it? You know, and someone, someone shared about going to the Father Heart Conference. And, and that's, that absolutely is, is some, something that we, we know in our head that God's our dad. Let's, let's, you know, let's learn it in our hearts because that really is one of the key things that, that heals the pain that, that is at the root of so many people's addiction. So the next slide. What? One of, the, one of the main things, one of the first things that we do is provide community, which Laura heads up and, and other people, Grant, Steve, Naomi, various other ones. We, we have this community, and I, I, don't, I would just love to see that recovery community grow. I'd love to see it have to be so big that, that, that it has to form two meetings. So if you know people, or if you're somebody yourself that needs help, get, get, get into this recovery community. Get others into this recovery community so that we can... Be support for one another. So somebody who is struggling with an addiction out there who has not got a functional community, if, if he or she gets one person into his social or her social network who is abstinent, okay, so, so you've got, you, know, you, can, you can picture people out there, can't you, who are just lonely, struggling, drinking, taking drugs, whatever. They get one person into their recovery community who is abstinent. This is, this is a simple fact. That improves their long-term recovery by 30%, just that one person. That's a, that's a fact. So get them into a community. You know, you're multiplying, you're compounding that benefit. So um, community is so healing. And, 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 that, and that's what so many of us actually need. We, need. we need connection. And the next slide, please. Forgiveness. I mean, there are lots of different things we could, we could focus on. I'm just going to focus on two things and more, two other things. Forgiveness. And, and I don't know when you last preached on community on, on, on forgiveness, I, but it's probably time to do it again. <laughs> um, forgiveness is such an important message, and actually, again, that was sort of echo, you know, echoes of that with Grant. Whether forgiveness is is one of the ways in which the devil has so many people trapped. Um, just read about forgiveness. 
hear about it, practice forgiveness. It's, it's so restorative and it's so healing for people who are in addiction. And it's a big part of our recovery program. And the next slide, please. And, and, and believing truth. Um, when people are in pain, they attribute their pain to certain things. It's my dad left me. It was because I was abused. It was because of the grief. It was because of the loss. Actually, it's not those things. More often than not, if not always, it's the, the pain comes from the lies <laughs> that we believe as a result of what happened. So my father left me when I was four. Nobody loves me. And, and then something, somebody else left me. Somebody else told me I'm stupid. I'm useless. You just grow up with these, these beliefs and that's what tends to happen. We, and and we've, got, we've got an enemy. A really big part of what we're trying to do is help people to recognize that they're in a spiritual battle, that we're, we, all, we all are. We've got an enemy that's whispering things all the time. And, and if we can help people to recognize what's the truth and what's the lie, and, and you know, we've, we've heard it in some of the songs and in some of the words that have been shared, actually, we are deeply loved. And if, if, you, if we can help people to really really focus and, and understand in their hearts that we are deeply loved. It makes all the difference. So just remember that. It's the trauma that leads to a belief. And if we can change that belief and really agree with God's truth, that is so healing. And that's, it's the lies that the enemy latches onto and, 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 and keeps so many of us so often in, in difficulty and, 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 and for many addiction. So um, I'm, I didn't see what time I started, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to sort of finish um, by showing you a testimony. And uh, we've, we've helped so many people. Um, and this, this is a guy in um, Brighton that we helped. And I'll say a couple of words after. Mm. Things kind of came to a very difficult uh, point in 2018 when I lost my daughter. Um, but she was in and out of a different, um, in and out of uh, the uh, psychiatric hospital because she was, uh, she tried to take her life again and again. Um, and uh, eventually she managed to uh, take her life in, uh, in the local psychiatric hospital, um, and which I found very hard, mm. um, and um, yeah, you know, and I was—I don't know. There's no excuse to go back to drinking, and there's no excuse to go back to uh, taking pills and things like like that again. But I did, you know, and. Um, uh, and I, you know why? I, yeah, for me, like taking the pills was an escape. It was an escape from um, from the pain of a life that was very, very hard. You know, very, very hard. Around about that time, I'd realised that uh, I'd uh, gone that I needed to do something about it, and I had actually turned to keys um, and. Uh, so I'd already started uh, interacting with yourself, Steve, and with uh, and with Tom. So uh, it was, uh, which was, I'm so 
grateful to God uh, for your intervention and and for for, for, for Tom as well, but particularly um, the way that I was carried through that whole time with the hospital admission, uh, your advocating for me with with the uh, with the doctors there because I understand it's it's extremely extremely difficult to get um, hospitals to administer drugs for a proper detox and uh, so I am so grateful that uh, you Steve were able to do that to to liaise for me and to persuade after a number of phone calls which which you uh, successfully managed to, to persuade them to to start me on this uh, on this gradual detox which when I came out of hospital about four five, five days later um, uh, you then liaise with um, my my doctor for me which again uh, you know you got the top the my doctor to administer codeine for me for about uh, nine ten weeks or more afterwards and a gradual reduction which is amazing so I am uh, I'm so grateful that, that you were able to step in and, and bring that, um, uh, that loving, uh, uh, godly pressure to bear. Yeah, I just, just wanted really just to say how grateful I am um, for all the support and, uh, you know, life is hard, but um, I know right now that I feel stable, you know, and I'm able to manage the thoughts which run away with me at times, and they do, but I'm able to reel them back in um, because I'm able to keep a godly focus on those problems. And a lot of that help has come from um, my uh, meetings on a Tuesday night and my chatting with my lovely Christian um, addicted friends, you know, uh, in Christ and illicit drugs now for 18 months. So it was in the summer of 2020. He was one of 400,000 people who were in hospital. He was really severely unwell in hospital. Um, and it, it was such a privilege to be able to work with people who um, be, were able to help him recover. And that, in that same year, 9,000 people died of directly, of, of deaths that were directly attributable to alcohol. Many, many more died indirectly due to alcohol. And that's not even starting to think about the drug problem and, and many other addictions. So, so just, uh, you've, you've heard an encouragement from Simon to, um, to serve. <laughs> and here's an opportunity, and there are many other things going on in the church. But if God's stirring your heart to help people like Alistair, others in your community, some known to you, many even maybe here, maybe there's people here who haven't had the courage yet just to tell someone that they're buying pills that um, they didn't, really need to be doing or drinking more than they should or whatever it may be Laura is a really easy person to talk to and there's our, our website keysdetox.org just just if you, go, you can go onto the website or the final slide is detox at keysdetox.org you can you can you can write in confidence to us and we'd love to help you we've got an online recovery support which is really um, helpful for many people, um, and, and yeah, reach out. There's, there's, a, there's a community all around you. 20,000 people in, in uh, Hailsham, 10% of those are probably struggling with alcohol. There's so many people out there that we could be helping. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, thanks.